Good judgment comes from experience, and a lot of that comes from bad judgment. Now, who said that? Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Well, you probably may have heard that one before. It doesn't have a lot to do with dentistry, but that is from the late, great Will Rogers. He was a true American, a true American cowboy, a true American philosopher, and just one of the most amazing guys that ever lived. If you don't know much about him, I would encourage you just to look him up on Wikipedia. I actually went to a play about Will Rogers. The whole play was about Will Rogers on my honeymoon 22 years ago, okay? And, um, you know, I, I cannot condense his life into a couple of sentences. But I, if, you, if you don't know much about him, go check him out or at least Google Will Rogers quotes and you'll be laughing your head off. Okay, And the reason that I picked Will Rogers to begin this episode is because recently I spoke to the Oklahoma City Dental Society and um, had a full day lecture there, had a great time. And as people who've traveled there know, you fly into Will Rogers International Airport. Okay, So that's the deal. Of course, you could pick 100 quotes of his and they would be applicable to just about anything that you'd want to talk about. Okay, If you, if you, ha- if you have common sense. So this week, I'm going to let you guys kind of kind of sit in the back row of the lecture hall in Oklahoma City and hear some of the things we talked about. It was an amazingly fun lecture. I had a great time. They were wonderful hosts. And, um, and I just wanted to share some of the things we talked about with you guys. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some of the lecture from Oklahoma City. Okay. All right. Now, this is you know. Look around. This is this reminds me too. I feel like I'm back home at uh, at church because nobody sat on the front row, right? Everybody, everybody tried to get on the back row, and then some of you got squeezed up a little closer. But it's few. You know, this is not a huge crowd, right? So, but by the end of the day, one of my primary objectives is I would like to meet every single one of you and be you know hopefully strike up a friendship that lasts forever. You know, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I took. It's a 10-hour drive here from Mississippi. I don't really love flying, so, uh, you know, it's kind of a trick. So if I'm going to drive out here 10 hours, surely I can, I can uh, meet everybody and get to know all of you guys. I hope that you enjoy what I've prepared for you. If you came here and you wanted to see a bunch of slides of me doing implants or, or Syrac crowns or stuff like that, I mean, that's not what today's going to be about. Uh, I do a lot of that, but that's not... That's not what today's going to be about because that's just not what I have found that I think really helps folks. This is the part of the lecture that I like the least. So I'll just tell you, because if I was sitting in your seat and somebody gets up here and starts talking, I kind of want to know where they're coming from or else I might not care what they had to say, right? So let me just at least go ahead and tell you kind of who I am and why that maybe you should listen to me about some of this stuff. If, if there's anything that I'm really, really good at, 
right? So I'm not standing up here saying, hey, I'm this great dentist, I'm this super expert, you should listen to me because I know exactly what I'm talking about. But what I would tell you is that I have made, I think I've made nearly every mistake and had nearly every catastrophe that could happen to a dental office happen, okay? And so over, I have now, I've been treating patients for 20 years, and in those 20 years, uh, I mean, it's all happened. That I, I mean, I'm sure the good Lord could send some more stuff my way, you know, like the book of Job, but a lot's already happened, right? So, so I'm going to share with you guys what all's happened to me and how I, how I dealt with it, how I recovered from it. You know, I'll show you how I nearly bankrupted my practice three or four years in and how we recovered and actually got up to three times the ADA national average, uh, actually also trimming my schedule down from five days a week to three days a week. And like I said, I just want you guys to learn how I made a bunch of bad decisions and how I recovered from them. And you're going to learn throughout this lecture. If you don't like it, I apologize. For some reason, I really like these little stick figure cartoons, and I've got one of those programs where you can, you can customize these things for your lectures, so you're going to see a lot of them. So, where to start? So I went to dental school in the 90s. Now, I, I, let's just, who all, uh, so you, most everybody here is Oklahoma City Dental Society, right? Most everybody here is from Oklahoma, I guess, or all of you. Is that true? Everybody here is from Oklahoma. Now, do you guys, is it like where I'm from and you have to have an affiliation? Like where I'm from, it's either Ole Miss or Mississippi State. So is it like that here, OU and Oklahoma State? So what, like, how many of you guys are OU in the room? Okay, so Boomer, I, I guess I really didn't realize that's what you say, so that's good. Uh, uh, all right, how many people are OSU? Oh, it's really cool. It's like half and half. I think, where's Rachel? Rachel, who put this thing together, she's OSU also. So that's good. Uh, I went to Mississippi State, so I hate Ole Miss, right? I hate them. But, uh, you know, anyway, um, I've also got some cool trivia questions, and as, as the day goes on, I'll ask some trivia questions and maybe give some prizes for that. But... Um, it is true in the, in the, in the, in the, you know, hey, football's king even here in, in, the, in the South and the SEC. Uh, this is the truth. Uh, I was, I stopped, I actually, I lectured in Birmingham a few years ago, and I was coming home and I wanted to get a, you know, I do my own yard work. I don't, I don't farm that out. Well, my kids now do a lot of it, 16 and 15 year old boys. But I, 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 I you know, I do my own weed eating a lot, and, uh, and I'd heard about these, new four-stroke gas-powered weed eaters. And I was like, man, i got to get one of those things. And so I'm on my way home from Birmingham, because you know it uses real gas. It doesn't use the, the two-stroke oil and gas mixture. So I'm on my way home from Birmingham. I stop off at, Lowe, at a Lowe's. And um, so I go in. I'm getting the weed eater. I'm coming out with it. And this is no joke. What appeared to be two complete strangers walking out of Lowe's, one walking in, one walking out. I, I was right behind one, and this, this woman goes... War Eagle, and the guy coming in goes, War Eagle, and they just cross paths. So, you know, I mean, that's just how, that's how it is, right? That's how it is in the south of football rules, everything. But, so I go to dental school. I went to Mississippi State. Actually started out in petroleum engineering. Uh, I bet you guys know some petroleum engineers around here, right? Because it's, it's pretty big oil country, not the greatest industry right now. But my roommate, uh, my roommate actually... 
I left, obviously, I'm not a petroleum engineer. Uh, he actually went to Houston, Texas, started at the ground floor, worked his way through some deals, and now he's the CEO of, of a huge oil company in Texas and worth gazillions of dollars and stuff like that. But he's a multi-multi-millionaire, so I sometimes wonder if I made the right decision getting into dentistry, but, you know, I must like it because I've driven 10 hours to come talk to you guys. So I go to University of Tennessee. Now, any, anybody here? I guess nobody here went to the University of Tennessee. Are you serious? No kidding. When did you graduate? 2005. 2005? Oh, well, you're, you're a youngster. So, <laughs> so, well, were they still? Now, I don't know because I left in the 90s, but were they still, still kind of mean and hard on folks? Really? Well. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, well, I tell you. Now, so when I, when I went to the University of Tennessee, now there's a guy. Uh, he's, he's an older guy. Has any of you guys ever taken some courses from uh, Dr. Big Bob Garrity, the braces man? Okay. So if you knew Big Bob, or if you know Big Bob, you know that, you know, he's pretty brash and he says things. He doesn't exactly watch what he says. He's not politically correct, and I, you know. But at UT, it was just the truth. Now, the teacher didn't hate us or anything. Um, they wouldn't do it in front of the patients. They would always, they'd come over and sit down, and you'd say, hey, uh, what do you think? Does it look okay? And if they said, yeah, if they smile and say, it looks okay, you're good. If they didn't say anything, and they get up and they say, come back here. <laughs> You know, you're about to get a chewing out now. Um, but anyway, we get together now and we joke about it, how much we got and stuff. But I do think it, it helped us, you know, because if we made it through that, you're a little tougher. But I got out of UT and I went in with my hometown dentist. All right, the guy I loved, loved the guy. I mean, uh, I really thought he was the greatest dentist on the planet. And I thought that I was going to be his partner and take over his practice, and we were going to rule North Mississippi with this gigantic dental practice, right? And uh, did any of you all go into associateships right out of school? Okay. Are you still with the person you went in with? Is anybody still in with the same person they went in with? You? Well, you know, it's, yeah, I usually get one, but usually it's a bigger room and there's still just one. That's really, I'm surprised that you, you're, you know, that's good. Are you related to them? Okay, that is amazing, good. <laughs> so me, just like most everybody else, you know, it didn't work out. And so after, let's see, 1999, June 1st, I no longer had a job. And I'm, I'm, in, my home, I'm in my hometown, right? Now, this is not like I can just go somewhere else in Oklahoma City or Edmond and get another job. I mean, we're 45 minutes into the the hinterlands. I mean, this is, this is nothing, nothing out there. And so you either have to, you know, you either have to stay there and do whatever. You got to drive 45 minutes or an hour to try to get another job as an associate, which probably wouldn't work out either. Of course, you know, you're right out of school. You have some debt. I thought I had a lot of debt. You know, I owed, owed $60,000. <laughs> that, that turns out these days, maybe that's not a lot of debt. Um, that's a whole different story. We might not get into that, but I mean, uh, I, I talked to a guy. I ate dinner last night with a guy that's on the uh, Oklahoma Board of Dentistry, and he's also an advisor for the uh, dental school admissions. And uh, and he was telling me that he thinks that the high cost of uh, dental school 
is actually fueling corporate dentistry because when you have so much debt getting out of school, you're just so scared to take on a whole practice of your own that that's where everybody's getting all their feeder dentists and it's just like a continuing cycle and he's, OU apparently is really working towards trying to figure out a solution to try to combat that. I don't know, you know, he says like, you know, basically like I always say, a barge going down the Tennessee River. It's going to take a while to get that thing turned around if you can get it turned around. But anyway, here I am. My wife says, guess what? I'm pregnant with our first kid. So I'm in debt, no job, pregnant wife, no prospects. We're in my hometown, her hometown. We, we dated since high school, got married when we were 19 and 20. So she ain't going anywhere. Okay, so I just had to get serious with myself and say, what are you going to do? And so I decided to go ahead and just hang a shingle. And uh, so I started, started my own practice. Now here's, interestingly enough, we were just talking about uh, how attendance at CE meetings has gone down over the years. In the, in the year 2000, right after I started this practice, I went to uh, the Profitable Dentist meeting in Destin, Florida. Have any of you guys ever been to one of those? Are you into one? Did you like it? When did you go? So in the year 2000, there were nearly 2,000 total attendees. And right at 1,000 dentists showed up. And it is, uh, and I, I go to this and I'm like, wow, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. This is, this is great. You know, everybody's excited about dentistry and I'm in the right profession and this is, you know, I'm just psyched. And it's probably what made me like the idea of speaking someday, you know, because the speakers up there were great. Everybody's fired up. Um, and I actually went up and I introduced myself to Woody Oaks, who was, He's the editor of the Profitable Dentist Magazine, and you know he's a big basketball fan. And I, we struck up a good conversation, and I got he, you know I got to talking to him, and I told him how that um, that I didn't have you know what bad stuff had happened. June first, I had no idea what I was going to do. June seventh, I bought a, a piece of property with one acre and a house that had not been lived in for three years because the lady had gone to nursing home, right in the center of Ripley, and my. Me and a retired carpenter and my grandfather renovated it uh, into that right there. And I saw my first patient by September 1st, 1999. So it's less than 90 days and we, uh, and we spent less than $200,000 for the property and all the renovations and all the equipment and everything. And Woody just thought, wow, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. So he put me on the cover of the magazine back then, yeah. right? Um, but still, even though things were going okay, I'm still in Ripley, population 6,500. We're a very declining industrial town. Back when I was a kid, we had two or three major furniture factories, okay? And um, they employed thousands of people. But those companies, all but one, have all gone under. And the one that's still there only employs about 500 people. So as you can imagine, we went from a deal where a lot of people had dental insurance to now nothing, and I don't take Medicaid, so it's a tough situation. So I'm still in this kind of town. I'm making a little bit of money, but you know, I'm working five and a half days a week, and it's just not really fun. And so I went in search of something else to do, because I'm thinking, this cannot be the way that I need to practice dentistry five and a half days a week the rest of my life. It's just, it's just not any fun. So, I rolled up to a dental meeting in Nashville, Tennessee, went with one of my best friends, Dr. Steve DeLoach, 
from up there, and uh, it was put on by the Las Vegas Institute. Now, I am 25 years old, and I go through this meeting. I guess maybe I'm real naive, easily influenced, and, uh, and so when I leave that three-day meeting, I am the proud owner of a $30,000 uh, tuition to the Las Vegas Institute. Now, I, I really don't have anything bad to say about the Las Vegas Institute because I had a great time when I was out there. Uh, the speakers were great. It was a lot of fun. I learned how to do cosmetic dentistry real well. Uh, but, you know, Ripley, Mississippi. I mean, how many people are walking in wanting 10, 12, 14, 28 <laughs> all porcelain restorations, right? Uh, very few. Very few. Uh, let's see. So, I go out there and, well, I'll tell you what else. So, I go to LVI and, and so I'm you know, I'm thinking, okay, I want to be, and my friend and I agree, we are going to be the greatest cosmetic dentist the South has ever seen, right? And uh, so we go back, and it is just not really working good for either one of us. So then we say, well, it can't be that cosmetic dentistry is not going to work for us. Maybe it's the system we're using. So then, after we go to LVI like four times, you know, fly out to Las Vegas four times and spend 30 grand, Maybe it's six times. And then we say, well, I've heard about this Pete Dawson fella. Let's go down there. So, so we fly to Tampa, Florida four or five times. And we take the Pete Dawson continuum. And once again, I learned a ton of stuff down there. I mean, any of you guys Pete Dawson folks? Right? So I know a lot about occlusion. And I figured out why some of my stuff didn't work as well as I'd hoped. But uh, so I learned a lot. And, and to this day, a lot of the stuff I learned at Pete Dawson's classes, I still use. You can use a lot of his stuff, just bread and butter. Now, what I did, I come back from there and I think, well, now I'm going to get rich by doing occlusal adjustments on people, right? Well, that didn't work either. So, so I didn't get rich doing that. Um, I, I mean, I, so I, I tried a lot of stuff. So I thought, well, maybe it's just some other issue I've got. So, so if this is not working... What else can I try? So, when you're out at these institutes, one of the things that, I'm not kidding you, verbatim is said, is if you want to be the best dentist in your area, you can't have normal prices. You have to have the highest prices in town. If you're not the highest price in town, people will automatically think you're not the highest quality dentist in town, and you, you'll never succeed at this. So, I mean, I'm 25. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Um, I'm not going to ask you guys what you charge for a crown. I mean, that'd be impolite. Uh, but just so you kind of know where I'm coming from, at this time, a PFM crown in my hometown went for about 500 bucks. Uh, there was a guy in town that charged 400. Everybody fussed about him being so low and getting all the business. So we all charged about 483, something like that. Um, and so guess what I did? I doubled it. I said, well, if I want to be the highest in town, I'm just going to go for it. So I get up, I think I'm charging like $9.79 for a PFM, which you guys may think is low now. At the time, $9.79 is pretty high for my town. So I jacked those prices up there. And surprise, surprise, the people still didn't come, right? <laughs> they're still not coming. And when they do come, they're like, what? How many crowds am I getting for that? Are you, what now? Is that a denture? <laughs> I mean, you know, I got all these questions. Uh, plus, I mean, I'm doing, I'm trying to do all porcelain work back then, 
and it's very difficult. You know, the bonding is super hard. The porcelain, by the way, is very difficult. You know, if you did a lot of porcelain work 20 years ago, you know, you know, it broke a lot. It's not like the porcelain of today. So that was one mistake. Then I think, well, well, I've already got all these Delta patients, so maybe if I can convince them they should be paying more than 400 something a crown. You know, and when I say a crown, I'm not just talking about crowns, because it reflects everything. If crown's four something, a filling 79 bucks or whatever. So it just sort of, that's just what I'm saying to give you guys an idea of where I was at. So it, if you're on a lot of PPOs, you gotta get off, because they're for sure the devil. Um, so they even gave us scripts out there of how we could talk to patients this and how, how to get off these plans. Um, and, and so anyway, I come home and I'm like, okay. Now I wasn't completely stupid. So I had four or 500 Delta patients. Well, I had one, you know how these factories are. So you'll have, you know, like Toyota. I have a Toyota plant 20 miles from my house now. So you have, some people have this straight up Toyota manufacturing insurance, but then Toyota has like 25 subsidiaries that are all under the Toyota umbrella but they're all around the factory and you know each one of them might have a slightly different Toyota plan. So I had one little subset of a factory that had, it was Ashley, Ashley Furniture, which I, they're actually still in business, the one that's still there, that they had, uh, I had 100 employees and I thought that would be a perfect test group. I had 100 patients of theirs. And so craft this letter up and uh, you know, I'm so proud of this letter. It explains clearly why their insurance sucks and why I'm such a quality dentist that I, you know, any idiot could tell that I'm so good that they should know better that, than to have to pay so little to come to see me, right? So, uh, I mean, I said it more eloquently than that, but, but I wrote this letter up and I send it out. Now, this is a good, this is a good question. Um, and this will be a good one. First person that gets this right, I'm gonna give you guys a prize. Uh, and I'll explain why I'm giving these prizes later. But, but um, so I send 100 letters out. Now, remember, this is Ripley, Mississippi. So out of this 100 people, I'm kin to or went to school with about 75 of them. All right? And you know, in it's like when you send a letter out, most people don't open your mail. You know that. So people would come in in six months and they thought they were still in the old insurance even though I dropped it and we would tell them, sorry we're not. But we would say, you know what, we're just gonna, we're gonna honor your old price for now but next time it's gonna be this new price. So it takes about a year for folks to kind of realize whether or not they're gonna stay in your practice. So send this letter out, one year passes. Out of my 100 person test group, how many people do you think were still with me out of that 100 people one year later? You get some interesting answers. 0, 20, 3, 30, 10, 15, not yet. I mean, we can stay here all day. I'll tell you, you said 15, down. Come on. Who said, somebody say 2? You said, <laughs> I thought you said 2. Did you say 2 earlier, for real? Oh, man. Okay. All right. You both said three. All right. You call it heads or tails in the front row. Heads or tails. I didn't say three. She did. Oh. Yeah. So she is. 
Okay. You're just being mean. All right. So are you are you a dentist? Or you, okay. So I'm going to give you this this uh, this is a good book. I believe in books. I'm a book junkie. This is a book that I read about ten years ago. It really helped me because it's uh, Dr. Gerald Bell. Anybody ever heard of him? You heard of him? From North Carolina. He's a genius. But he wrote this book called The Achievers, and it's a motivational analysis of leadership styles. And if you read this book, I think that probably 90% of dentists would fall under this category of what he calls the achievers. Because our whole life, right, has been about achieving a goal, one goal after the other. And it gives you a lot of great tips on how that if you have that personality style, that you can, you can coach your team to higher levels of performance. So, so it was two. <laughs> the answer was two. But... Uh, no, I think I lost every one of my family members. They all went somewhere else, uh, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, so that's what happened with the Delta letter. Thankfully, I did the sample test group, right? So I didn't, I didn't kill the whole deal. I just, I just sent the letter out to those 100. Um, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Who all, who all in here is team members? I know some of y'all. I met you this morning. Okay. How many are hygienists? Oh, man, are you serious? I love to talk bad about hygienists. I don't want to... <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk bad about you, and I, you guys look awesome, and I really like you, but I'm probably... I'd say there's a reasonable chance I'm going to say something offensive about the hygiene profession before we get out of here. And I just want to go ahead and apologize, because there are exceptions to the rule, and the fact you're sitting up here on the second row is probably good, you know... The fact you got them to come up here, I think that they're probably exceptions. So don't take offense, all right? Uh, but I did. I, I took my hygienist out to LVI, actually. Um, and so we go out there. A couple of funny stories about her. Uh, she really is. Now, she drives me nuts. Uh, she started working with me in 1999. She probably would want to kill me that much or more of the time, you know? Like, I always think that sometimes she brings food to the office and she puts a little special uh, plate of it in my office, and I think she's poisoning me a little bit at a time. <laughs> you know, she's just, that's, that's her way. She doesn't want to, like, kill me, like, drop dead now because then people would investigate. She just, like, wants, wants me to die slowly over 10 or 15 years. But uh, anyway, we go out to LVI in 1999, and she was my patient. Um, she had actually worked in one of the furniture factories and until that she's a little older than me um, so she had worked in a furniture factory and she's a hard worker and they closed and when furniture factories close where I'm at there's some kind of government program I don't know what it is but they will pay for you they'll pay two years of community college tuition the federal government will when the factory closes I don't know if it's got something to do with us being in such a poor part of the world or what but Anyway, she took them up on it. She went to the local community college, and uh, she went into the hygiene program. So she gets out of hygiene school, and uh, I don't know, she came by, and, you know, she, well, first off, she started out lying to me, and that's a great way to start a relationship, right? So I've got this nice little office. I've worked my tail off getting three dental chairs in, and uh, so she comes and interviews and lets me really like her, never once telling me she's left-handed. I mean, good grief. Never once. Never once. Get there the first week, and she's like, hey, Doc, 
By the way, I'm super glad to be here. I'm really excited. And by the way, I'm going to need you to change the delivery system on this dental chair over here. Please. <laughs> what? What? So anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, I've been, yeah, we've been together nearly 20 years now, right? So that's like, I guess at this point, we're, gonna, we're just going to tough it out. We've decided that neither one of us is going to die or quit, so we're just going to go for it. Uh, so I take her out to LVI, and she's my patient for veneers. I did like 12 veneers across the front. Um, and let me tell you, any of you guys in here do a lot of veneers? Well, good. I mean, you know, veneers are hard to, they're hard to deal with. <laughs> I've learned. I did a bunch of them, and I'm dealing with them because I've learned the veneers I did back in 2000 are looking pretty rough right about now, and uh, I'm replacing a lot. And I'm on her, of course, you know. She's there in my office every day reminding me how I've got to redo stuff on her next chance I get. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we go out to LVI. I'm doing, this, doing these, uh, these veneers, uh, doing 12 units. I'm 25 years old. I'm not very good at this point. Uh, they don't let you. This is predate septicane, right? I can't keep her numb. So, you know, it's a disaster. She's crying. She's crying and saying, I can take it. It's okay. Keep going, you know. Uh, anyway, we, we somehow get through the ordeal, uh, gluing the veneers on, my chairside dental assistant drops three of them in the garbage, and then, and then takes them out of the garbage, and I glue them on her, and then after they're glued on, she's like, you know, I dropped those in the garbage before you put them on there, and she told my hygienist, so, you know, I hear that forever, too. Uh, I don't think that really, I don't think that ever really hurt anything, but uh, anyway, while we're out there, we go to this fancy soft tissue management hygiene class by these fancy high-priced hygiene consultants. Because like I said, I'm 25 years old, I'm gullible, I'll bite on anything. So I'm like, wow, that sounds really smart. Uh, we shouldn't be doing Profizone, everybody. Of course, if there's a speck of blood, it's gum disease. We, what are we doing? So we get back to Mississippi. I'm trying to bring fancy big city culture, you know, back to Ripley. And uh, we start telling our patients, oh, I'm sorry, uh, we can't do a regular cleaning on you because you had this speck of bleeding and you had what's called a four millimeter pocket back here. A, you know, singular four millimeter pocket. And uh, so they're like, what do we do, doc? So we had these fancy, you know, we had these scripts to tell them and we had these fancy sheets made up. Uh, well, instead of getting two profies a year, you really need to get, have six visits. And, you know, we understand that that's a little bit of a hassle to get here six times. We're going to give you a little discount. So, but still, it's like these things are nearly $1,000 a person. And so, of course, I'm thinking, wow, $1,000 a person. My agent's thinking the same thing. Also, while we're out there, they talked me into putting her on commission. And um, how many of you guys, are you guys on commission? That's great. <laughs> that's good. Because <laughs> I learned a hard lesson. You put somebody on commission... It's hard as heck to take them off commission. I mean, it's nearly impossible. So, therefore, she's still on commission. She's the only one of my hygienists that is still on commission. Um, but anyway, we, we're doing all this stuff, and she's on commission, so she's getting a thousand bucks for these deals, and she's happy, and I'm thinking, wow. So the next month after we institute this, her normal monthly hygiene production was about $10,000 a month, okay? The next month, it jumps up. It's like 14,000. And I'm like, wow, we are geniuses. 14,000. 
Now, what, remember what I told you earlier about hygiene stuff. It takes about a year to figure out if what you're doing is working or not. Because somebody that likes you and they don't want to go anywhere else, they might do what you say once. But as time goes on, they're not going to keep doing stuff they don't want to do. And if they don't like you, they're going to start telling people, you believe what he's trying to charge me to clean my teeth? So her normal monthly production was 10 grand. It went up to 14. A year later, anybody want to guess what her production was? Same month. How much? Real close. Nearly seven. So it basically halved it, right? And it went down 30% from what it was before we did anything. So that means we lost a lot of patients. So that's the first part of my all-day lecture in Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, when I went back to edit this episode, I just left a lot of stuff in. It, there are things on there that I just never would think to say if I were drawing up an outline and, you know, going through my outline on a regular show, a uh, regular episode. And so just a little bit deeper, a little bit richer when you're in front of a crowd I probably get a little bit carried away at times, and uh, hopefully nothing too, too offensive to anyone there, and everybody knows I probably the things I say are just in good fun, No, uh, and I might even occasionally uh, stretch a story a little bit, so uh, anyway, hey, it's uh, as long as people are laughing and engaging, I think it's it's always helpful in the, in the learning process, so anyway, that was that part. Now, as I listen to this, I think, man, this is good stuff. It's really, I think it's better than what I remembered it being as I was actually standing in front of them. You know, you're lecturing all day, you get tired, you don't really realize what's going on. So I'm going to pull out different segments of this lecture from time to time, and we're, we're going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to put those up on the podcast. Probably, probably even the next episode will for sure do that. And maybe several, you know, a few, uh, several others, if, if there are enough good segments. I have not listened to the entire lecture yet, so I will let you guys know as we go along. So thank you so much for your attention, and I've surely enjoyed this episode as much as almost any other one, just listening to the lecture that I gave and remembering how much fun I had in Oklahoma City. So I hope you guys are, I hope you guys are getting something out of this, taking a lot of pearls home with you, and you know, just, just really enjoying this. And that's what this whole show, this whole podcast is all about, giving you guys a way to enjoy yourself and learn stuff at the same time. So thanks for paying attention. We'll see you next week. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice so when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of The Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in.